welcome to episode 42 of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss the announcement of Death of the Inhumans by Donnie Cates and Ariel Olivetti, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur number 29, Ms. Marvel number 28, and Lockjaw number 2. Hi guys, how are you? Doing all right, how are you? I am doing okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit frustrated because of the uh, Death of the Inhumans book that's been announced. It's... <laughs> I'm annoyed by all the the haters coming out of the woodwork again and gloating, and I really don't think the whole royal family is going to die. But you know what, right? just, just as a really positive start to the podcast, I decided to go on IGN um, and have a look at their kind of like article covering the death of the Inhumans news. And I decided to go straight to the comments because I am a man of absolute kind of, you know, I like the tip top of all conversation. <laughs> so, so the first comment is, I'd love it if they actually died, but 100% positive it's just a publicity stunt. So, <laughs> and it's just this kind of crap that's all the way well, through it. Well, I'm like... sure Donnie Cates is one of Marvel's best writers right now. And from what all the other writers are saying, is one good, it's going to be one hell of a story. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm just, and I don't think they're going to kill off the Inhumans because I think they realize that as a franchise, even though it's smaller than some of the other ones, that they should at least still have some books yeah. going. Well, the, the, the funny thing is, is in that same comment, they... Um... In the in the thread, they kind of they could talk about how um, the Inhumans were basically two years younger than the X Men, bloody bloody blah. blah, blah. Um, but then they talk about Uncanny Inhumans and how they literally like published a comic called Uncanny Inhumans and how that was a rip off of the X Men. But you guys might be able to like correct me on this. But what didn't the Inhumans use the Uncanny title before the X Men? Uh, yes, they actually did. I mean. I don't think anyone gets to lay claim to an adjective, but... Um, well, no, but it's kind of uncanny. It, it, it was, uh, I think a, it was a 1970s series uh, called The Inhumans, The Most Uncanny Heroes of All. And then a few years later, X-Men was re- rebranded as Uncanny X-Men. Um, but I think that that um, there is some merit to the idea. I think that, that in most comic be, comic fans minds the word uncanny will always be associated with the x-men and um uh it's not really something to to, to gripe over no no I, but, I, but I, I just think you know there's there's a lot of these comments that i'm reading are just like oh yeah kill them that's off, bloody, why bloody, we bloody, stay away from like, comment sections adam it's why i stay I off of say... forums it's like I don't think well, I've been on. I don't think I've been on the CBR forums for like let's, months. Let's now. not. But I'm going to say this because um, Donnie Cates, um, when the announcement was made and people were crawling out of the woodwork about it, Donnie Cates, kudos to him for putting out a lot of fires. He was he was not holding back in comments that were full of um, bitterness. It was actually pretty funny to watch on Twitter. So I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to it. I don't know. I haven't heard anything much more about the plots other than the title. So Doc, if you've heard any more than what I know, please enlighten us. But um, it looks like we've got, just by the artwork, we've got the Universal and Humans involved. Yeah, that's uh, that's our big clue. Um, I mean, uh, Ariel Olivetti has, has, you know, put out a bunch of uh, works in progress on his Instagram and we can only really speculate as to what the plot might be, but um, it certainly appears as though the Universal Inhumans will be in it. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, it's some kind of, I don't know, maybe like a, a, a civil war of sorts uh, among the various Inhuman factions. Because, you know, uh, I got the sense from what Mr. Um, Cates was saying on his on his on his Twitter, was that uh, a lot of this was inspired by uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four, where the the court of the Universal and Humans were first introduced, and at that time, like they basically had established this this deal, the, these four queens from 
uh, other race, other alien races coming together and and bringing forth Black Bolt from the fault or whatever. And they they were going to control the universe, and he just sort of disbanded them after the the Kree decided not to invade Earth, and um, he kind of made that decision unilaterally and. But what really happened was that someone else started writing Fantastic Four and the whole story was dropped. Um, but I could see the those former queens, or current queens, who are now residing on Nova Hala saying like, well, why don't we take over the universe? And uh, um, maybe the... the um, Do you think it'll find the royals a little bit too? You know, the sense I got was that that Kate's made this pitch a while back. He um, made it at the Marvel summit in the fall, didn't he? Yeah. He, uh, well, the sense that I got was that, that he came up with the idea well before the Inhumans TV show, which means it was well before, uh, Royals. So my guess is that this will be much more tethered to, um, Hickman's fantastic four, uh, than it is to anything else. Um, but again, that's, purely a guess yeah i don't think there's any been any real word from marvel as it is just to say kind of where it starts where it's come from but because this ign review i've still got up on my screen just says no word uh yeah if death of the inhumans will pick up where judgment day left off so i I just you you can you can there are the pictures that have been up there there's one in particular it has like some aliens that look like they're in a bad bad way and written on their body is the the term join or die um and i'm wondering what that means i'm wondering if that has something to do with like a uh, a big move to um for all the the intergalactic and humans to come together into some you know giant force of uh of of bad newsness um (laughs) Also, the, um, if you if you look at the drawings, the, there's clearly some of it is set in the past because um, Crystal has long the, hair, and then in others she's got her current look from uh, All New Inhumans. Right, and and Triton has two different looks going as well. Um, and then in, in one of the pictures that's set in the present, where Karnak's wearing his more current outfit and Crystal has short hair, Gorgon's there. So hmm. I don't know how they're going to explain how Gorgon got back to Earth, or um, so we'll find out. You yeah. know, I know that 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 you're 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 ticked off, uh, Adam, because you're worried they're they're going to kill off I, the I, humans. I, I I'm not ticked off at yeah. all because it, I feel like the the alternative to this is it was they they allowed the royal family to kind of wander off into limbo. You know that that um. Uh, that you know, this is this I think shows that they're still interested in this property um, because they're putting you know two of their best guns on it, um, and then you know covers by Carrie Randolph, who's no slouch either. Um, I think it's, isn't it? Carrie, if they were, oh, like, Carrie Carrie if they were just going to kill the Inhumans, they'd have they'd kill them off at the beginning of some other event book or a, a story. You know the way that like uh, New Warriors got killed off at the beginning of Civil War One, or um, Alpha Flight got killed off at the beginning of the Unstoppable story arc in New Avengers. Yeah. You know, kind of like a uh, just a way to sort of shock value. Oh yeah, these are disposable characters now. Let's kill them off. I don't think they'd put together a, a one shot or a mini series just to kill a character. They don't. The only time they did that was with uh, Captain Marvel, um, way back in the way back when Jim Starlin wrote the death of Captain Marvel, um, which um, was spectacular, but also not the kind of book that Marvel really makes these days. I, I think where I get really ticked off is just the naming convention of things because every single big kind of event thing that in humans have been involved in the past kind of what two years you've had death of x um you've had in humans versus x-men um judgment day it's always been kind of insightful it's always been not insightful it, it incites kind of 
Doom ever, and gloom. Yeah, well, ever, ever since uh, Inhumans vs. X-Men, it also incites kind of people just to kind of... Stir the pot and yeah. lit fires. And it's it's kind of like... It's totally unnecessary, and I think I think whilst Inhumans vs. X-Men was a really good... What, you know, it was a good story, in my opinion. I think, Doc, you'll probably disagree with me on that. Um, it's alright. <laughs> it, it's kind of like this... It, it just feels like a bit of an ending just to kind of the last what five years i think or four years i don't know when inhuman first started coming out but um but here's the thing though even though it's bringing out people that are willing to stir the pot and like fires and, and haters and things like that the fact that so many other creators are genuinely excited about the book i mean not just matt rosenberg and 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 Al Ewing, but there are a whole bunch of others that are coming out of the woodwork going, guys, this is going to be really, really good. So you don't, you don't see that. I don't think very often. So that has me excited because if the other creators are super excited about a book, that's going to make me really excited about a book. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I think I tweeted Matt Rosenberg at the, uh, last weekend when the new, or this week when the news kind of broke, and it was I, I kind of said to him that whilst yes we haven't seen the story and we haven't we don't understand the concept of it it's kind of like it's, it's it's for me it's it is purely on the name of it you know if you if you bring out something saying death of the inhumans I mean, you've had it with death of x death of wolverine it it's just kind of it's just that concept of this is a finale this is a um you know bookend to what's come before and it's kind of it, it it that that it doesn't worry me as such it just kind of it yeah get that i can get that it's, it, I, think, I, I think i think you have to expect that that comic books utilize hyperbole um and they're not going to put together a story saying you know the humans go on a fun picnic it's <laughs> 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 You got to have some peril and excitement and 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 uh, risk involved. That's what what um, you know brings it out there. I mean, uh, someone is going to die in this book. I, that is without a doubt. Um, you know, you take you look at Death of X, which is the most obvious sort of parallel. Um, not all the X Men died; just no. two of them, and one of them's already back. Well, um, technically, three of them. Because nobody remembers alchemy. He died yeah. again. Yeah. He was a, a Zedless so character think, anyway. You know, I think that it, it doesn't... I mean, we can get caught up in, in being you know, worried about it um, because that's fun to do. But I also think that um, you got to take a step back and be like, you know... There's more... It, there's, there's, all, Okay. And there is more serious <laughs> things in life than comic books. Well, well, hold on now. Let's not get out of control. Um, <laughs> even, I mean, for I mean, comic characters die, and that usually lasts about a month and whatnot. I mean, uh, unless you're Uncle Ben. Uh, uh, we were supposed to have a big death in Royals, and that lasted two issues. One. <laughs> Yeah, I was, just, um, I was just trying to think. Um, I think the only characters that have actually stayed dead for any period of time have been like Jean Grey and Professor X, Uncle Ben. No, Uncle Ben and and uh, well, it used to be Bucky, um, <laughs> but really, Uncle Ben is the only one I think who's absolutely verboten. You can't bring him back. Um, yeah, but, but, I mean, maybe like, Captain Marvel as well. True. No, he's been back a couple times, haven't he? Uh, like it was a scroll imposter and stuff like that. Uh, but, um, I think. Uh, well, Carol's got that title now, anyway. So whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm psyched that it's. Uh, I don't I don't care about what the haters say. I mean, people going, oh, all the humans are going to die. All the new humans are going to die. It's like, yeah, I I think that Miss Marvel's pretty safe. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. About it. Um, I suppose, and I think but, Frank you know, and Reader are safe because Charles Soule is going to be using them in an upcoming book. So, and I think that um, uh, Quake and Inferno are safe because they're in that cartoon series that's coming out. Right. 
I think you're kind of like at the the forefront of it as well, Doc. To be fair, with your kind of with your blog on Tumblr. So well, yeah, I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of comments, um, uh, yeah. both positive and negative. Um, it, you know, I I'm psyched simply in that it that it sort of re-provoked people's interest in these characters again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I I had I seen. Yeah, I'm glad that, well, that and, well, I don't want to bring up any of the bitterness anymore, so I'm going to stop. Yeah, I think, I think getting away from that, I think, what, we've got to wait four months for this book. So, oh, really? So four months, yeah, it comes out in July 2018. Um, oh, there's there's no news on how long it's going to be, whether it's just going to be a one-shot or whether it's going to be a... Well, no, they're saying it's a series. Yeah. They're I mean, saying it's a series, so it's not a one-shot at all. Let's so just I'm hope... say we're getting at least six issues. I, well, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Six, six issues? That's, that's pushing it. I think it'll be... Uh, I think it'll be July until July, August, September. October. I reckon it'll probably be July till October, November. So four or five issues. Yeah, I, I, I think the fact that the fact that they cut Judgment Day to one issue when I'm pretty sure it was initially meant to be two. Um, but I think that the story that Al Ewing was wanted to tell was meant to be like an extra six issues. So um, yeah, I'm kind of I, I, I think four maybe max. Which well, I mean, not- I, I what I heard was that it was going to be a one shot, um, but then no. it says covers by Carrie Randolph, so I guess that means more than one. I think uh, we'll Donnie have to wait Cates and see. Said it was a series himself. He said it was a series, so it's okay. definitely more than there one issue. Um, Donnie Cates, please correct us if we're wrong. If you're listening, um, <laughs> we should yeah, um, just don't do what you I was did thinking. To Doctor was Strange's that, that, uh, dog. Bats? Oh, bats. <laughs> now, he, he, I mean, yes, he died, but he was an old dog. And he had heart problems. And then, he, and he's still, he, he's got like a, you know, Star Wars Force Ghost. He's still around. <laughs> wow. Okay, I just heard he killed his dog. <laughs> wow, okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, no. let's, let's look forward to it. Let's not get. Yes. Let's not look at it in, uh, with negativity. Don't let the haters keep you down, guys. Because put it this way, we, go. we've, we've got we've got at least until July to talk about comic books. So <laughs> positivity, guys. Um. So, yeah, Adam, you were saying that they actually kill off the humans. You're done with Marvel. Uh, yeah, I've said that in various different places. I said that to my friends. I said that to you guys. So, so what I've said is that if they genuinely kill off the entirety of the humans, then Basically, from the end of Death of Inhumans, I'll finish off any series I get, and then I'll just not buy Marvel anymore. Jesus, dude. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I I will be that pissed. Right. <laughs> I will be that All pissed. All right. Here we but, go. Um, yeah, so... Get so that man a if, megaphone. If, if, He's ready to go. I will probably be a massive hypocrite by the end of it, but, you know. Right. <laughs> so... Um, so uh, Moving oh, on. Yeah, um, there was there was one other thing, kind of newsworthy, that um, I think is relevant. Is uh, um, yes. I, d- I don't know whether we mentioned it in last episode, but um, Christian Ward is uh, drawing Thor. Oh, that is beautiful. fantastic news! I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's got a few few issues of um, the new Thor series. He's beside himself with happiness because that's his favorite character. So yeah, he um, yeah his dog Christian. is named Thor. Yeah, oh, I'm yes. so happy for him. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's really good. That's I, terrific. I I don't know whether I'd get that series, but I might get the issues that he draws just because. Because yeah, friggin' yeah. love his art. Like yeah, yeah. I don't need well, to. Well, he's perfect for Thor, so that'll be great. I think any cosmic character just suits him. I I reckon he'd do a pretty good uh, Captain Marvel as well. Oh yeah, he would. So. Um, and speaking of um, awesome things, it's kind of going to uh, segue into our Moon Girl uh, Fantastic Force coming back, Doc. Hell yeah! <laughs> Give me a hell yeah! Hell I think yeah. I'm so excited. It's so, it's so past due. And, um, think the humans will be in that? Well, who knows? I mean, they'll perhaps make an appearance here or there. Um uh, it's going to be Dan Slott and Sarah Pacelli. That's a pretty stellar team. Yes, it is. Um, 
So how do how do you how do you feel um, about Dan Slott? Because I mean he he's a bit he's a bit of a a hit and miss his, writer his, for me. His Silver Surfer run was apparently phenomenal. Yeah, but that that got an Eisner Award. I mean, I mean, look at the other ones he's done that weren't so good. Well, he's also doing <laughs> Iron Man too. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Dan Slott. So I am. Well, he wrote judgment. he wrote Spider Man for what ten years. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. He he basically did you can't, it from you can't, one more I mean, day onwards. So. Doing doing a doing a, a a series for that long, you, they can't all be, you know, bullseyes. I thought that some of them were just spectacular. I mean, um, Spider Verse, uh, Superior Spider Man, uh, Learning to Crawl. Those were fantastic. Yeah, there were some ones that I didn't like that much, but um, uh, he doesn't. Uh, provoke the same degree of, of um, animosity from me as he does from some other folks. Um, no, I, I mean, I am um, not quite. I don't quite understand why why people were upset with him. Um, I think it's because um, for a lot of people, they had like quite. I think on Spider Man, there was like quite a high, a quite high of you know really good stories, and then you had the stuff like. Um, I can't remember, but basically it culminated in one more day. Um, was it one more day? I don't know. Yeah. I don't read. I haven't read any of the Spider-Man so, books. So I just read so, Spider-Woman. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> essentially, this came from my friend who is a massive Spider-Man fan. He said basically for the early two thousands, Spider-Man had some pretty hit and miss stories. Like some were good, some were just freaking awful. And then Dan Slott basically came in after that, and he had a, you know, he had a good run, and he definitely did Spider-Man the. Um, world of good because he he kind of brought it back to the forefront of marvel so he obviously did something right but i'm gonna hold out i'm gonna hold out judgment i'm gonna get iron man still i'm gonna get um i might get fantastic four actually i should give it a shot for sure yeah Um, definitely i I think i said to you i'd I'd definitely get it when it comes back didn't i so yeah um and you know he he, uh, he inherited kind of a mess with Spider-Man and 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 repaved that road well because you know when he came on it was right after that whole deal where they had uh, um, they think, <laughs> Spider-Man had to get divorced to make a deal with the devil or I don't know it was basically, weird it's basically um, to to bring back his um, his aunt. But he'd have to give up his relationship with MJ, I think. Yeah. And it was just the most okay. utterly stupid thing. Yes. Well, that sounds kind of ridiculous. It, yeah, but it was. But anyway. Yeah, we, we, we're an Inhumans show. We should talk about the Inhumans. Well, the Fantastic Four <laughs> does kind of tie into the Inhumans because in Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, uh, it seems like Lunella Louise Lafayette, with a nice, her nice alliteration name there, uh, is trying to bring them back. Yes. The Fantastic Four comes back a bit early in the 29th issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is a blast. Should we get right into it? Yeah, go for it. Wow, okay, so last time we saw it, uh, the vindictive Super Scroll has come to Earth and he stole these weird materials uh, and created this supercharged particle accelerator that opened up a uh, doorway to this dark matter universe where this really destructive being known as the omnipotus uh can come in and destroy not only the earth but all of the universe so that's a bummer um uh, yes. and it's up yeah, <laughs> it's up to uh moon girl who's teamed up with the human torch and the thing to try and uh, save the day uh, unfortunately there's just something not quite right in their team chemistry. They they can't quite prevail, and and Moon Girl ha- has been trying to figure it out. She knows there needs to be this other ingredient that when um when really bad things in the Marvel universe happen, it's always been the Fantastic Four who have stepped up and saved the day. And it's not because they're more the most powerful team. You know, they're not as mighty as the Avengers. They're not as uncanny as the x-men they they're just these people but there's something there's some sort of je ne sais quoi that they have in 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 their synergy that allowed them to prevail and and moon girls was trying to like utilize her smarts to try and figure out how that same 
chemistry can be brought about? What what extra ingredient or variable needs to be added to the mix to uh, to make them Fantastic Four <laughs> and thus save the day? Um, and uh, Galactus is helping stall for time by him and the Silver Surfer are fighting off the Omnipotus while um, while Lunella uses the Omniwave projector doodad to search through the multiverse to try and find that key ingredient. And as predicted, yeah, he's big. <laughs> it he's turns red. out to be he's not. Uh, he's red he's dog. big. He's red. The crimson compadre himself, Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. Um, when she when she goes and fetches him, he comes out and he's in he's in a, a little Fantastic Four onesie. <laughs> oh, I love this. Book. It was so great. I love it this made book my so day. Much. Also, um, so and uh, I I have to say that what the the big line of this issue that stuck out to me was uh, Lunella had a, a moment of character development uh, that she realized she doesn't know everything, and I was like, oh, there we go. Yeah, and I kind of chuckled to myself a little bit. I love Lunella, but it's kind of funny. I think I think everybody has that moment though. In, that, in some point yeah. in their life, where yeah, I don't know about you guys, but there's there's always a moment where you realize that you shouldn't be as big headed as you are. It's it's usually in your teenage years. <laughs> so, and I think she's. Uh, well, she's... I'll let you know when it happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, because you're, you're just you're just the best, Doc. You're just the best. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of it, it's a nice. I thought it was a nice moment because yeah, literally everybody has that. But if you're if you're a twelve year old reading this and you look at it and you think, or younger, and you think um, and you see that line, it's kind of like it's it. What I really like about Moon Girl is just how human and relatable she is. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. And I think this uh, this arc in particular has been really good about. Sort of illustrating the central theme that uh, that of of cohesion about how a group of people can be bigger than the sum of their parts. You know, even uh, Galactus and Silver Surfer have that going on when they fight the Omnipotus because uh, Omnipotus is like, oh, Galactus, you you've diminished your own power by sharing it with the Silver Surfer. And Galactus is like, no, actually, the two. Yes, it's true that I've made myself less powerful by creating the Silver Surfer, but the relationship we have, the the companionship or whatever, has made them stronger um, than what they, you know, than just on a sort of metric. Um, and that's, you know, the same thing with the Fantastic Four is that they're not. It's not necessarily their individual strengths pooled together and then you know the summation is there that they they bring forth an, an x factor a, a fifth fourth fifth force that comes forward from the 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 chemistry of, of the of the family unit um it's and love. you know it's I mean, love it's always love, love. <laughs> well i think i mean it's it's it, it, it's love it's 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 family it's mutuality it's been a running theme f- from for Lunella that uh, that although she has the capability to do all this stuff on her own, she she can't. She needs to rely on others and depend on them, and and through that collaboration, uh, greater things happen. You know, whether it be her teaming up with Miss Marvel or or Ironheart or even Kid Cree. You know, she always prevails by way of of collaboration with with devil dinosaur with whomever and um that's been a really neat sort of uh running line throughout the entire i can't believe there's gonna be 30 issues of this uh 30 issue run i mean next the next month we'll see the 30th issue i i don't think i can think of a human series ever reaching 30 well Um, miss marvel's gone over that technically yeah well they keep on booting it but yeah well, Martin, you were saying that that is going to be fifty soon. Yeah, I, I think Marvel. I think they're celebrating that, and I think they are actually naming it Miss Marvel Fifty. Um, wow! But you, you just think like Miss Marvel was introduced in what twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. and she's she's. I, I think we've we've discussed it before. We've discussed the merits of Miss Marvel, and and I think Moon Girl's very similar in the fact that it's it's kind of replicating that Spidey. Um, yeah. Kind of aspect the spidey element that kind of youthful uh youthful um hero aspect kind of stuff and i think that's really nice it's really nice to play on it but 
I think this book has just gone from strength to strength, and and you know, and I think I think kudos it's just to just been enjoyed to to read each read each month. So kudos to Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader and Natasha Bustos and Tamara Bunvillen for cranking out a, a just an excellent book every month. Yeah, yeah. I think there's something to be said about the uh, the, the the consistency um, that's achieved through maintaining the creative team. I mean, there's been illustrators who've hopped on and off, uh, Miss Marvel, but um, G. Willow Wilson and Ian, Ian Herring, Ian Herring, have been there from the start, and I think that that um, has really provided a sense of um, cohesion. You know that it's 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 got a continuity, and um, with other books, you know, when writers jump on and off, it, it you, you feel like you're kind of reinventing the wheel every time. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of comics suffer from that because I mean, I was I was reading, uh, I read the whole run of New Avengers in like, or the whole original run of New Avengers, in like a weekend or something, and um, you know, going through sixty issues and then you get up to some art that actually isn't my jam. It's not. It, it's really not my kind of thing, and um, and it kind of puts you off. And I, I think that that's what this this book really benefits from is the fact that actually having a like you said a consistent team all the way through it just really helps kind of just keep things on a on, a, on an even keel and i think that other books when they change their creative teams it kind of affects it will affect the sales because some people do genuinely follow the creators and don't follow the characters necessarily so yeah i'm you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to where this keeps going to yeah and um well, it's a fun one, and 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 it's neat to see the um, that a, a a version of the Fantastic Four uh, sort of back in business, um, sort of warming us up for the for the original to come back. Um, and again, I just can't get over Devil D's little onesie. <laughs> well, my favorite was Devil Dinosaur in the spacesuit a few issues back. <laughs> yeah. That was I, awesome with his tiny little arms. I'll say a few issues back. I mean that that's that's actually going back quite a long way now, really, isn't it? That's, yeah, it is. That's that says something about kind of how long we've been doing this and how long this book has been out. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I would never torture my cats by trying to dress them up in people clothes, but I'm, I'm kind no, of a I'm kind of a sucker for when I see that. I think the <laughs> dinosaur actually enjoys it. He never looks. <laughs> like sad about it. Like, oh no. Like, well, like he up, so he, he why is, not? He is drawn, so <laughs> that probably helps things. I don't know. I think no it was, actual like, dinosaurs were harmed in the making of this book. I think if someone were like dressed like Captain Marvel's cat Chewie up, they'd die. So <laughs> you know, I, I think I think just double dinosaur likes to wear clothes. Speaking yeah. of Captain Marvel. She speaking Marvel. of Captain Marvel. She was she was in Miss Marvel this month. She oh, was. that's true. Yes. So yeah, nice nice little segue there. Thanks for setting that up, um, well, Sarah. Well done. <laughs> so yes, uh, this is the twenty eighth issue of this current iteration of Miss Marvel. What is this? Volume three? No, this is volume uh, two. Volume two. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, counting the, Carol's run as Miss Marvel, and then it could be, I guess. Volume oh three, well, but... yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about Captain Marvel. Yeah, sorry. Actually, if we, if we in, I think there was three different versions of that. So this would be volume five. Whatever. We'll say this. This, this, second, this was the second volume. This is the twentieth issue, and <laughs> the conclusion of the teenage wasteland story arc. Um, it come uh, a pretty wild ride. Um, one that has very little of Kamala Khan in it, but um, filling in for her shoes is the Kamala Core uh, and and Captain Marvel. Um, uh, uh, they um, what's going down is the inventor has um, gone forward his full gamut. He's released a, variety, a whole army of these monsters, cyborgs, and mutated geckos. I don't know what they are. Um, but they're running amok all over Jersey City, and um, uh, Captain Marvel, she's there. She's faced these terrorists before, and you know she's willing to jump into the fray. But 
but she feels like it might be a bit much for these teenagers dressed up as, you know, dressed up as Miss Marvel. But they're like, nope, we're not being left behind. We're in it. We're in it to win it. And they all run in there, and a tremendous battle ensues. And it's a pretty great, <laughs> some great fight scenes in there. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, uh, meanwhile, as they say, uh, Kamala's pal Nef- Neftali uh, has finally come to the end of his investigation over the whereabouts of his missing friend Kamala. Um, he's followed the clues, and it's led him to the overly private school. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like Over Dash Lee Private School, which is a, a fancy prep school with with high walls and uh, uniforms. And apparently, and, very know, vegan. Right there. What's that? Apparently, very vegan. Oh yes, vegan. And um, you know, this is a place where the biggest threat is being iced out from the cool kids' table or something like that. And and uh, somehow, Kamala has ended up a student there. I guess she enrolled, um, and she she uh, Neftali's like, hey, what? You know, he gets her attention, and they they talk, and he asks what she's doing there, and she says that she just needed a break, she needed a place where she could just blend in and assimilate, and not deal with the constant demands of being different, of of being smart, of being Muslim, of, of you know, being all the things that make her herself. She just she didn't want to be unique anymore. She wanted to. Uh, to fade into the background and felt she could do that at a place like the Oberly private school um, <laughs> with its uniforms and, um, and, uh, and uh, homogeny and whatnot. Um, but Naftali's not, he's not like, he's like, that's not you, you know, uh, you, you know, you can depend on your friends to help you with your burden and, um, you know, you should be free to be you and, and know that everyone, that your pals will have your back. Um, and uh, uh, that's how he leaves it. And, you know, we'll see, you know, it, it was what's clear is that his words have resonated with her. So back in the city square, the, the battle rages on. Captain Marvel is able to fell many of the inventor's monsters, but there's a lot of them. And um, she starts to, uh, to, um, have a hard time with it. And Mike and Gabe and Zoe and Nakia and even the Red Dagger are able to hold their own, but they're, they're out of their depth. And, um, they're oh, about no. to, uh, what's up? No, Is we're good. Cat? Okay. <laughs> a cat suddenly appears. Um, so, <laughs> well, in the, uh, uh, the, um, Oh, and I should say that in the midst of all this, the inventor off- offers up a rather garden-variety villainous monologue as he sees that some lives are more important than others. Only those who contribute to society in a manner that he sees fit should be deemed allowed to live and that others should be subjugated and utilized for their energy. He feels that all old people who aren't useful anymore should be made into batteries. Um, oh! And- <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's a pretty, you know, pretty standard fare fill in the blank for your uh, demagoguery, um, and uh, he <laughs> he looks so funny saying it. But what, anyways, um, things aren't looking good. Everyone's kind of spent. Um, they're about to get their butts kicked, and then boom, the real Miss Marvel shows up just in time, using using her embiggening powers. Now a real word. In the um, dictionary, and, yes. Uh, yeah, she takes on a giant lizard and rustles it. Um, she gets she gets zapped by electricity, but um, you know she's still she's pretty weakened, but um, isn't knocked out. And, and somehow somehow it causes all the monsters to to, to short out. Um, and the good guys have won. Um, and um, it's kind of a nice thing because um, you know uh, for. Miss Marvel, her one weakness, her kryptonite, so to speak, is electricity. Um, she, for some reason, is particularly vulnerable to uh, to that. Um, and um, you know, she allowed herself to be shocked, knowing that the uh, figuring, I guess, that the uh, reverberation or the feedback or whatever would would short out all the other monsters. Um, and she goes unconscious, and when she wakes up. Um, She's she's you know in the arms of of, of, Ms. of Captain Marvel, and she's like, oh, I thought we weren't friends anymore. And, and Carol's like, no, of course we still you know we had a disagreement. That's all. Um, 
And by it the was way, a really nice have... moment. Yeah, yeah, I, yes. I, I really enjoyed it. Sweet. It, it kind of it. I, it's, it's really weird because I, I was having a conversation with uh, my friend earlier, who's, who's back from university for a couple of days, and it, we basically had like a very similar conversation about like it doesn't matter what you believe in that sort of stuff. I think you know you've got you do your own thing and that sort of thing, but don't don't. But we we kind of added to that. It's kind of like don't do what others want you expect you to do or want you to do. Just do your own thing, which. Right. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was relatable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, well, just to round things out, um, the good guys win. Uh, the inventor is hauled off to an inhuman prison in New Adelan. Um, and they start, you know, cleaning up. And the next day at school, Kamala's pals are, are happy to see their friend has returned. And it's a happy reunion. And the whole ordeal has helped Kamala realize that she wasn't really alone. She wasn't as on her own as she believed. Um, she she had her friends. They had her back. And with that support, she is free to be exactly who she is. Um, like you, like you and your your college friend was saying, you know, it's be who you are. Yeah. And um, that that was the central sort of uh, premise in in this arc. I thought. Um, and her the reason behind Kamala's absence um, was that was that her own uniqueness was feeling like a burden, and she needed a break from that. I was gonna say, um, I, but she she didn't go the right route in getting it. Yeah, I, I think equally, it's kind of it's it's done quite well in saying if you need a break, take a break. Um, I, I think that's been quite a good premise in this because it has kind of. You know, she has kind of come out and said, you know, she was, like you said, she felt like she was a burden and that sort of stuff. And I think that, again, it, it's one of those relatable things that most people always go through at least some point in their lives. And it's kind of just just step back and actually look around. Um, and I, again, I, I think it's these are the kind of books that I'd want my, you know, my, my niece to grow up reading. Or, or if I ever end up having kids, I'd, I'd give them to my kids to start reading because... You know, it, it's it's valuable life learnings, and the sooner that you can you, you realize these things are okay to say to do, the better. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, just, just go down on, a, on a, a deep level. No, when I was a kid, there was a I forget it was a cartoon and a book. The book was called "Free to Be You and Me," and it was really corny. But basically, the message was: you're free to be you. I'm free to be me, and we should respect that. And you know that you know it sounds a little cheesy, but if you can, it's true. And if you can package it within a, a fun superhero adventure, it just you know it, it just a nice way to to have that basic truth reiterated. Um, yeah. But I also think it's it's very specific to 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 Kamala because you know we're. We're in a day and age where who she is is not is kind of tough, um, you know. Uh, the idea—I mean, she's the children of immigrants, and um, you know, when you're when you when you immigrate to a country, you're sometimes asked to assimilate, and um, assimilation is rough. I mean, it's like basically shaving off all the things that make you unique and fitting into the box that is pre-assigned. Um, you know, th- there's no real set parameter for what an American is, but there exists nonetheless this undercurrent that to be American is to be this sort of white, Christian, pa- patriarchal, heterosexual thing. I was going to say, isn't that like slightly different from the uh, the pilgrims of old that were, you know... Barely. I'm very sure they were because it was meant to be a land of the th- uh, land of the free. So it, it was well, free we're of based religious on persecution. It was never maybe, but it's still very. The, the people who moved here were the Puritans, and they really, yeah, that we haven't shaken that yet. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a there's a, a difference between what is right. proposed and what is practiced. Um, right. You know, the Statue of Liberty says, "Yeah, bring everyone." But then once they're there, it's like, yeah, you know, don't rock the boat. 
Right. Yeah, I, I think that is that is very similar in many Western countries today. Um, yeah, I don't, obviously we don't have discussion on this, but it, it's kind of it's the same in the UK. You know, it's 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 oh yeah, you have, you know you can move here. You got we're really part, still a part of the EU. Um, freedom of movement, all that stuff. Feel free to come whenever you like. Um, just yeah, like I said, don't rock the boat, and that seems to be the opinion of a lot of people, and not the opinion of me, but. It's sad, but right. Well, I mean, who who Kamala is rocks the boat big time. I mean, she's uh, she's got idiosyncratic tastes. She likes wearing fun clothes and silly hats. She has nutty adventures. She's true to her Muslim faith, yet also questioning of the more chauvinistic aspects of the old ways. She's an inhuman, a fanfic maven, an unabashed member of the Carol Corps. Her friends are black people and Jews and nerds and gays and lesbians. She's rocking the boat big time. You know? Yes, she is. To be fair, she's our so, kind of person. <laughs> yes, she is. Kamala's awesome. So, so I mean, I, you know, I can understand how having to be that in, you know, in the current day and age can be exhausting. That she might, you know, a person might want a little respite at the overly private school to just, you know blend in for a little while and not have to bear the burden of 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 being of standing out right so again once more g willow wilson and company knock it out of the park i mean there hasn't been a bad arc yet there really hasn't it's the same with moon girl and double dinosaur true i mean when you have two books that are consistently good each month it's delightful. Yeah, and and the fact that we can kind of go, hey, they're, they're well, I think Doc said it before. You know, the fact that they're in humans' books, it's kind of like you get that sort of little sense of pride about you because you know, yeah, not 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 deserved pride, but no, pride nonetheless. But pride, but pride <laughs> in the overall kind of, hey, these guys are in humans. These are part of my favorite like ethos of characters, and ethos is not not the right word, but. Um, I hear what you're saying. You know, it, it, Pantheon. Pan, yeah, that's the one. That's the that's the word. So yeah, I, I, those are the one the one hater comments that always get me. Usually the stuff you know, like the characters you like suck or they're X Men ripoffs that rolls off my back. What really gets me is like the humans are gonna die and then Miss Marvel's gonna be revealed as an as a mutant and it's like oh no now you really touched a nerve <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they've established that so much with her, though. I don't. Well, really it's it's it. it's the same with Moon Girl. I I don't think they actually touch on uh, her inhumanity um, as much as they could, as much as you know, uh, the potential with the new humans in all new humans. Um, you know, they've they've kind of just been standalone in what they do, and a lot of people, including sort of people I know, they don't really regard Miss Marvel as a an inhuman character. So, why is it necessary to change her origin? Right. It's it's not, and I don't think it will be. Um, no, I don't no. either. I don't either. It's because especially a, it's if they a... they've already said she's gone through teragenesis, it's just like how I like to see how they would try and explain that. But uh, right, there's there's no way that they're not going to have you know Lockjaw make periodic appearances because the two of them are so magical together. Yeah, and, and Lockjaw is also technically a part, well, not a part of her origin as such, but um, didn't they, like, basically when the book started, that was kind of the, it was her and Lockjaw. Yep. So Pretty pretty quickly in, I mean, maybe the third issue, I'm not sure. Um, I, I have got the hardcover and... downstairs that I haven't actually read yet, <laughs> the first, like, the first volume. So. <laughs> That's funny. You'll get there one day, Adam. Yeah, I, I will actually. I'll actually have read the majority of books on my shelf so far. I was I was meant to have read um, one book a day for the majority of this year, and I got up to like day fifteen, and I I, I don't think I've read one off my shelf yet since. So. Oh dear. <laughs> so speaking of Lockjaw, Lockjaw yep. number two. We we are hitting these. Land. We are hitting these segues out of the park, guys. This is, this yeah, is we are. No, it's like a. <laughs> It's like we set this up. Quite something. <laughs> we scripted this whole, this whole. Clearly, it's scripted. You can tell. <laughs> scripted is going too far. <laughs> right. All right. Lockjaw number two from 
friend of the show, Daniel Kipplesmith, along with artist Carlos Villa, Roberto Poggi, and colorist Chris O'Hallahan. Puppy pictures to Marvel because I would love a letter page full of puppies. So, mheroes at marvel.com or mondo marvel at marvel.com. Email them. Okay to print. Pictures of puppies for the letters page. Okay. Doggo, 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 doggo. Yeah, I don't think there was, there was no letters page in the second issue, I think because it came out pretty quickly f- after the first issue. Yeah, it was um, like, like three weeks, four weeks after the first issue. It's crazy how quickly it knocked him out. But I imagine that there'll be quite a few Doggo pictures uh, come doggo. issue number three. <laughs> so, Oh, I sent my roommate's dog in, so he was wearing a bow tie. So nice. anyone nice. Who, who watches, and if he makes it in... That's my, my my roommate's dog, Roscoe. Roscoe. <laughs> That's a good name. A good uh, so, as we know, all right, Lockjaw, his, his doggo senses has been tingling. Something not right is afoot, and he's intent on finding out what's going on. Um, he realizes that his litter mates might be in trouble, and his first step in his journey was to travel to uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, where he met up with Bixby, a friendly little pupper who's reportedly 30 years old and quite clearly Lockjaw's brother. Uh, Lockjaw arrived just in time to rescue Bixby from a marauding sp- swarm of miniature flying saucers piloted by intelligent hamsters. <laughs> Evil bastards. <laughs> well, Hamster. are they, though? Dun, dun, dun. Well, we'll find that out because there's an interesting twist in Lockjaw number two. Which, which we'll get to. <laughs> with the with the aid of the retired hero and one-time Avenger D-Man, Lockjaw was able to repel the sinister hamster horde and successfully protect Bixby. But there was little time for a reunion, because uh, if one of his siblings was in danger, it stands to reason the others might be as well. So Lockjaw ran off, and not really understanding who or, or what he was getting into, D-Man ran after him, and he, he, he grabbed him just as Lockjaw was teleporting, and the two were transported to the prehistoric Savage Land. Dun-dun-dun! Uh, Dun-dun-dun! Where they were met by <laughs> the... by Karzar, or Kazar, Kazar? or the other... Kazar, protector of the jungle, jungle. Um, and his trusty saber-toothed tiger, Zabu. Um, now, Kazar and D-Man, they don't know each other, but the non-verbal interactions between Lockjaw and Zabu make it quite clear that they are allies and not threats. Still, the Savage Land is a dangerous place, not a not a place to dilly-dally, so the foursome head back to Zabu's, uh, to Kazar's uh, shelter. Uh, now, prior to this unexpected foray, with Lockjaw, uh, D-Man, otherwise known as Dennis Dumfrey, has been rather down in the dumps. Depression he's lost man. his superpowers. Yes, he's lost his superpowers. He broke up with his boyfriend. He's felt very adrift, uh, listless, and rather depressed. Um, and it turns out the Kazar has been feeling a bit shiftless himself. Uh, lording the Savage Land is hard work, but the repetitive nature has kind of gotten down on him, and you know, he's always hunting and tracking and fighting dinosaurs, eating, all this stuff. He, he feels like he wants more in his life. And he's tried to find it um, by giving farming a hand. And it turns out he sucks at it. <laughs> all he's been able to do is grow these gross-looking cabbages snails. with worms. Yeah, snail cabbage. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess it tastes terrible, but, but Lockjaw is more than happy to have, have his share in some seconds. Mm, um, tasty. He he also tried uh, maintaining li- livestock. He had a herd of gazelle, um, but alas, they were all slaughtered by the great beast and um, her horde of wolves. Um, and it's on cue, a, a terrible howl bellows through the land, and the beast is there, and her pack is there, and and uh, you know, Kazar and and Zabu and. And Lockjaw and, and D-Man, they get ready for a fight, and they battle off these giant wolves, and and it's quite, you know, scary. Uh, and then um, the attack comes to a sudden halt as the beast, the alpha who leads this pack, comes sauntering out. And this beast 
not a wolf, but rather a cute little bulldog that carries <laughs> herself with the utmost of confidence and poise. This is Lockjaw's sister. She's a total badass. And she's got little, like, flower crowns. Oh, Great. She's actually the uh, best. Yeah, no description that I could offer would do justice to, uh, to um, the art. Um, this little pupper walks out, and you you know that she is not to be trifled with by just the way she. Do you know, Medusa she... would love this dog. Let's just. <laughs> you know, if, if if someone could like make a t-shirt Look. with the beast on it, I would buy that t-shirt <laughs> so much. Yes. <laughs> just like label, just like label it the beast. <laughs> it would be amazing. Oh, I freaking love that so, character. Lockjaw and his sister, you know, they commune in their unspoken doggo fashion, and whatever warning or information Lockjaw has come to deliver really isn't necessary. Um, his sister produces the wreckage of one of those flying saucer machines, and it would seem that the villainous hamsters had come for her as well, but she wasn't as easy a target as, as Bixby was. Um, the beast and her pack had made quick work of whatever invading hamsters had come their way, uh, she didn't need Lockjaw's protection. Still, it's clear that the two siblings are happy to see one another. Um, so, there's work to be done. Um, you know, Lockjaw and his sister, they say their farewell and um, uh, are wandering off. And Zabu's like, I mean, uh, Kazar's like, he said, the wolves have been making my life so so sucky, I need to get one. And he's, he's about to spear one in the back and... Uh, you know, uh, D-Man, he's not standing for that. He's like, no way, you can't spear it. So he, he, he thrusts himself and pushes over Kazar before he can, he can, uh, he can spear, um, the, the wolf. And he's like, look, man, you can't hit no wolf in the back. <laughs> Asshole. Um, right. and, um, then they teleport away and, you know, Kazar's like, yep, Brooklynites. What <laughs> well, every, 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 um, that line seven billion people and everyone I meet is yeah. from New York now elsewhere there's a little tether going through the story um, the amazing spider ham which is a pig version of spider man Peter, Peter Parker from a universe where everyone is an anthropomorphic animal <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, he's, he and some unknown ally have been tracking Lockjaw's movement and they're trying to beckon him. They have some sort of, uh, uh, fork, tuning fork style beacon that is, is trying, they're trying to communicate with Lockjaw, I think. Um, not quite sure what's going on there, but we'll find out next issue as we see through the, the cover solicit. Um, it's, uh, Peter Porker and Lockjaw having an adventure together. Um, well, they, but it, it was a fun issue. I, I thought, um, have you seen in the I, background of um, Have you seen in the background of the the next issue advertiser teaser thingy? No. Oh yeah, uh, D Man standing alongside uh, Medusa, Crystal, and, and Black Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. No. I so, don't know if they're going to play a role. Maybe their animal analogs will. You're going to have there. like. Um, well, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a an animal, black badger or something like that. Black badger. <laughs> or um, what's an animal that makes a loud noise? Uh, oh, I don't, that's a uh, that's a good point. I don't know. Like a howler monkey. <laughs> howler monkey, that'll work. Monkeys are loud. But yeah, and, and, and then Medusa. But anyways, I, I really. I really enjoyed the 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 interplay between Kazar and and D-Man. These two sort of, you know, there's a they have a, there's much they have not in common, but there's also a lot that two have in common. Like they're kind of at this not quite midlife midlife crises, um, you know, and that despite the fact that Kazar is this like chiseled Adonis, he's having the <laughs> same sort of. Um, Need you know he doesn't know his path in the same way that that, that D Man doesn't really know his path, um, and and trying to find that path. Now I mean, what seems obvious to me is that 
you know, D-Man's path, what, the way he will find fulfillment is that he needs to be a hero again. That's that's in his blood. Uh, whether he has superpowers or not, he, he's a hero. Um, and hiding out in his apartment, uh, watching TV and eating cold pizza, that's just not going to cut it. Um, if he's going to if he's going to actualize, um, he needs to be a hero again. And I think this adventure alongside Lockjaw is going to help him realize that. And, um, um, again, I really dig it. Yeah, I can't, wait, I can't wait for the next issue. I mean, bear in mind, the next issue yeah. puts us more than halfway through it, which is a shame, but... Right. Okay. I... M Heroes at Marvel.com. Send your puppy pictures. <laughs> puppy. I'm excited to see Peter Porker because that is an amusing character. Yeah, it's the best. Um, it's the best version. I, and of, I think uh, it's an. And it makes sense why uh, Daniel Kibblesmith is using him for this. I think. And um, it was kind of funny. I, I, I kind of chuckled when when Peter Porker was like, "I've never met a dog that couldn't talk before." <laughs> it's um, yeah. Peter Porker is the best version of um, a Spider-Man character. Oh, whoa, okay. Oh, I think Doc does not agree. <laughs> just, uh, just, to, just to kind of flip the tables on you. Well, I, um, I'm actually not hugely familiar with him. I, I, no, no, I remember I, him I, I, Spider-Verse. I haven't read but, a thing uh, with him in, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay, let me tell you, because there have been a couple of times during the Spider-Gwen issue, like during Spider-Gwen where she'll like hallucinate or something and she hallucinates uh, Spider-Ham. Nice. So, and <laughs> she did it in the, um, like he's like her little conscience or whatever and it's hysterical. So, uh, I hope Jason Latour is reading Lockjaw because he is the biggest Spider-Ham fan I know. So, Spider-Ham guys with Lockjaw. You never thought you'd see it, but it makes complete sense. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. It does. Well said. <laughs> well, I next, guess next week, Black Bolt next issue week. twelve. No. Right, when, this, when this episode airs, the last issue of Black Bolt will be on the stands. I can't Just... wait to read it, but at the same time, I hate having to read it because I didn't want it to end. Just get um, the um, just get the processional music going here. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> I don't want it to I mean, end, guys. Oh dear. I think I think if if Ahmed and Ward can stick the landing and and come up with a oh they'll stick really, it. They will stick it. Um, and honestly, Black Bolt has been one of the best received books all year. And I think um, Saladin Ahmed is very well on his way to making himself one of the best comics writers out there. I, I think that goes for. Absolutely everybody, well, the majority of people writing at Marvel at the moment, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I don't think that Saladin is, is just one. I think he is a part of a and group Matthew of... Rosenberg. Yeah, so you've got those Saladin Ahmed, um, Matthew Rosenberg, Kelly Thompson. Uh, you know, most people would say Dan Slott, I guess, stick him on the list. Um, you know, you've got so many good writers at Marvel at the moment, and... Quite frankly, I don't think I've ever been subscribed to more books than I am now. Um, well, I hope that's is able to continue to be the case. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's it, it, it's a good time for Marvel, but I think it's it's just a bad time for the Inhumans. But I think this has happened many. Yeah, I think times it's happened with every franchise. So, it'll, well, yeah, I mean, it'll cycle back around again. Yeah, I mean, we we've got it's Hi. it's a group of. Um, it's a group of characters that aren't exactly like A-list characters. I, you know, we, we take what we can get. Well, it's not always that high quality translates to high sales. Um, you know, no, the, no. some of the best comics on the on, in my opinion, aren't necessarily the ones that are selling the best. Um, well, look, look at look at Moon Girl. Army. Moon Girl is is basically selling on the back of uh, all the trade paperbacks that get sold. Um, yeah, as opposed to actual physical uh, monthly issues, because they're they're only selling like ten thousand monthly issues, I think. I think as a last check, maybe less than that. I'm not sure, but it's um. Well, I I think that when you deal with books that are targeted towards younger readers, you 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 have to factor in a huge percentage are reading digitally. Um, the kids I know, they don't do anything that isn't digital these days. 
Um, they don't even draw it with with their hands anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, to be fair? To be fair, uh, my, I, I, my, my my niece sent some of her her drawings to me, and they're they're all things an email. she did on her on her iPad. <laughs> She, it's yeah. not so you can hang on your fridge, it's so you can sort of set as your desktop wallpaper on your computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want some for my refrigerator. Well, I, for one, am um, um, making sure that my niece um, does painting, actual physical painting. So, you know. You know Whatever you works for them. With the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of drawings that get thrown your way, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I mean, my I mean, brother's got. <laughs> Binders filled with old drawings. Oh, he keeps them, does he? Oh, I really hope that in the future my niece does not listen to this podcast. Oh, <laughs> Guys are terrible. Well, you, well, you know. Yeah. Back to it, though. Um, I'm. I think then I'm really looking forward to the to the finale of of Black Bolt. I think it's going to be something special. I've, I've looked at the preview that was released. And um, it is something else. I mean, it's uh, basically uh, Blinky and Ahura um, teaming up with toddler-age Black Bolt in Black Bolt's mind, fighting <laughs> off uh, the demons of, of, of trauma. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, right? It's going to be um, good. It's going to be amazing. And yeah. they're going to knock it out of the park. I know they are. Yeah, I, I guess. And what's so special about... about um, Mr. Ahmed's work is that this is his first comic book. I mean, it's a he's really taken it to like a like a fish to water because, um, you know, my oh, I don't know, whatever um, to go from writing novels to writing comics, it's not the exact same thing. And um, uh, this is a great debut. I'll tell you that much. I'm really looking forward to his Quicksilver series. Yes. If you guys, um, Sarah, and I, I suppose I think Doc has read it, but have you read um, Abbott yet? I have not because I've been broke. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. I think um, I think when... I want to because I'm really. It looks really good. It it is. It genuinely is. I think um, once it comes out in trade, because it's only a five issue series. Once it comes out in trade, I'd really suggest getting it because one, it comes from a, an indie studio, so it's actually you know you're supporting kind of a, a smaller studio oh, like I, the Marvel, right? Um, and two, it's it's just weird. It's just exactly what you expect from. Saladin, it's yeah, excellent. It's fantastic. I mean, it'd be great to talk to him Good again. Deal. Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah, I will work on it. Yeah, be, be I was thinking it'd be fun to talk to to uh, Donny Cates, but I guess I mean, what we I mean, he won't be able to say anything because it's all. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Set that I'm up, set working that up for on July. it. So, so <laughs> listeners, I'm working on getting more guests on the show. If you would, if there's anyone you would like to talk to, um. Send us an email to the show at adelanrising.com and uh, or tweet us on Twitter at uh, adelanrising1 and uh, we will certainly take your suggestions into consideration. Yeah, unless it's like your mum or dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we'll interview your news. Yeah, what's, yeah I'll, get, I'll get her on the show, shall I? I'll, um... Oh, jeez. No, I'm not. Anyway. Hey, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and until next time. And enjoy Black Bolt issue 12.